So here's my last podcast for a push for this year anyway. Carson, no more using my my voice to go to sleep by because apparently it's boring. But here we are. Brittany, no more looking for coded messages. Okay, maybe one. Sorry, I got sniffles. There'll be one in here somewhere. But I digress. Last one. All right, so America in the post-1991 world. So the the first Gulf War, also known as the first Iraqi War, also known as the Persian Gulf War. We got to name everything 37 times in American history. All right, on August 2nd of 90, the Iraqi dictator, Saddam Hussein, everyone should know that name, invaded a tiny, oil-rich country known as Kuwait, and he claimed it had historically belonged to Iraq, so, you know, this sounds a whole lot like Putin and the Ukraine. Anyway, um, other Arab states are going to fear that that, uh, Saudi Arabia would be invaded next, so President George H. W. Bush is immediately going to order troops into the region. We had something called Desert Shield, and this is where the U.S. eventually sent about 500,000 troops to protect the Saudi Arabian border from the Iraqi forces. Uh, General uh, Colin Powell, who was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is going to organize a mission. Um, The U.N. Secretary Council Resolution 661 will condemn the invasion and it will order economic sanctions against Iraq. And then 28 nations would end up participating and several of those would actually be from the Middle East. Operation Desert Storm. The UN Security Council Resolution 678 would call for the restoration of the Kuwait government and the military checking of Saddam Hussein. The operation was led by General Norman Schwarzkopf. And for those of you listening, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z-K-O-P-F. On January 17th of 91, uh, U.S. and other forces are going to begin a massive bombing of Iraq and Kuwait. February 23rd, the ground war would begin with the million Iraqis facing uh, around 750,000 Allied troops. Uh, around 500,000 of those were U.S. The Iraq forces are going to be devastated in a matter of a few days. Uh, Kuwait was liberated in five days and a ceasefire would occur. Iraqi casualties amounted to hundreds of thousands and its infrastructure was essentially devastated. Uh, the no-fly zones were established in northern and southern Iraq in an attempt to prevent Saddam from attacking uh, Kurdish and uh, the Shiite populations inside Iraq. The United Nations would continue to monitor Iraq for over a decade, hoping to prevent Saddam from producing weapons of mass destruction, or WMDs. The political aspect of the Gulf War. So, the UN-sponsored alliance would pave the way for Middle East peace talks that would significantly reduce tensions in the region in the short term. President Bush's uh, approval rate would shoot above 90%, and this was you know nearly unprecedented because, well, over time, we tend not to like our presidents. Uh, the U.S. prestige in the world affairs obviously would improve dramatically as well. As the months progressed, many began to question why Bush did not order U.S. troops to continue in Baghdad and kill and or capture Saddam Hussein. Uh, Bush later cited major reasons for not going after Saddam as, you know, the Arab nations would not have uh, sanctioned a U.S. occupation of Iraq and the U.N. coalition would have crumbled. U.S. casualties would surely have mounted if Iraqis were forced to protect their homeland from occupation. And this would be proved true in the next decade as over 4,000 U.S. troops were killed in the invasion and occupation of Iraq. Uh, The capture of Saddam was sure to be elusive. 
the Soviet Union would not have a approved of a U.S. occupation, and Bush did not want to reignite a whole Cold War tension issue again. Uh, legally, the U.N. mission to free Kuwait had been fulfilled while Iraq was devastated and unable to pose a threat to the region, and any hopes that peace talks in the Middle East would have ended if we had pushed into Baghdad. All right, the election of 92, the Democrats would nominate Bill Clinton, the governor of Arkansas. Clinton would cast himself as a new Democrat, and he called for a middle-class tax cut healthcare reform, welfare reform, I never can say that word, and a deficit reduction. Uh, Al Gore, who was a senator from Tennessee and the nation's most visible, visible environmentalist, was selected as his running mate. The Republicans renominated George H.W. Bush. Uh, the Bush presidency was weakened by the recession of 1991, and his platform seemed defensive, and it contained no new substantial initiatives. The Texas billionaire, H. Ross Perot would form a third party called United We Stand. It, effecti it effectively split the Republican Party, similar to how Teddy Roosevelt split the uh, Republican vote in the 1912 election with his Bull Moose Party. Now the results. Uh, Clinton would defeat Bush and Perot with only 43% of the vote, compared to 39 and 19% respectively. Uh, Democrats retained majorities in both houses. Right, Clinton presidency. So, domestic and economic policies first. So, gays in the military. It was the first major initiative of the Clinton administration. He would lift the bans on gays in the military and it would result in a political firestorm. Now, the compromise was don't ask, don't tell. And this policy was adopted by the military. And this is one we've already talked about. Um, D-A-D-T, that don't ask, don't tell, would later be repealed in 2010 and allow gays to serve openly in the military by September of 2011. <laughs> Social programs, Family and Medical Leave Act, or FMLA, of 93. It allowed family members up to 12 weeks away from work in any 12-month period without pay for giving birth, adopting a child, caring for a seriously ill uh, child, spouse, or parent, or the individual worker's illness. The only companies employing uh, 50 or more were affected, though. The health care reform. This was going to be a failed attempt at universal medical care. Clinton appointed First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton as the head of a task force to design a new health care system. The attempt was successfully blocked by conservatives and some Democrats as it was deemed socialized medicine. And they would continue to deem it socialized medicine for, you know, decades after. I am so sorry. All right. A health care reform bill was passed by Congress in August of 96. It made health care for employees more portable based on a minimum time of employment. It provided tax breaks for small businesses who provided health care for their employees, but it did not, for the estimated 40 million Americans, do anything if they didn't have health insurance. So, so sorry. All right, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. This was negotiated by the Bush administration and ratified by Congress at Clinton's urgings in 94. Now, it would reduce or eliminate trade barriers between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, and that would begin in 94. It was held as a boon to the North American economy by free traders. Protectionists would urge American jobs would be sent overseas. Uh, many ugh, economists who would favor the uh, NAFTA would argue it substan uh, substantially increased the trade between the three countries, which would you know, be a, a great thing for business. Labor unions and consumer, consumer advocacy groups would uh, argue that NAFTA resulted in the outsourcing of U.S. manufacturing and shipping jobs. NAFTA represented a dramatic example of increased globalization in the post-1991 era. 
and 18 due to President Donald Trump's dissatisfaction with NAFTA, the three countries reached an agreement to replace it with a new agreement, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or the USMCA. All right, the GATT, G-A-T-T, the General Agreements on Tariff and Trade, the Uruguay Round. Um, is going to be organized in the 80s. Uh, GATT's Uruguay Round called for a reduction of tariffs and trade regulations in international trade. In the late 90s, the World Trade Organization, or the WTO, was formed to implement GATT. Uh, in 99, a huge protest in Seattle would interrupt the WTO's annual meeting as protesters claimed that the WTO was causing the exploitation of workers worldwide. So anti-WTO protests can be seen as an example of those who are opposed to the accelerating trend of, go- of globalization in trade. Okay. The contract with America. In 94, the midterm election served as a reputation of Clinton's agenda. Republicans swept both houses for the first time in 40 years. Newt Gingrich became the new Speaker of the House, having campaigned vigorously on his contract with America platform, which was a conservative manifesto to counteract Clinton's perceived liberal agenda. The goals included a reduction of taxes, welfare reforms, and a balanced budget amendment. Uh, Clinton worked cordially with Gingrich, and common ground was reached on several major issues, resulting in increased popularity for the president. The Personal Responsibility and Work Opportunity Act. This is going to be in 96. Now, there's going to be, we've talked about it briefly, but let's get into some of the provisions. Uh, it placed a five-year lifetime cap on welfare benefits, uh, two years maximum at any one time. It provided block grants to states to devise and administer their own welfare system, and it ended welfare benefits for legal immigrants. It also banned federal, state, and local private assistance to illegal immigrants except emergency medical care, school lunches, and treatment for communicable diseases. And then much of this assistance was reinstituted the following year. The Defense of Marriage Act in 96. This is going to give states the right not to recognize same-sex marriages from other states. Uh Uh-huh. The Monica Lewinsky Affair. Everybody knows about that one. Now, some argue the scandal represented one of the climaxes of the culture war. In early 98, Clinton denied having an affair with a young White House intern, Monica Lewinsky, during her depositions in a case concerning alleged sexual harassment of a former state employee in Arkansas. An an independent counsel, Kenneth Starr, was appointed to investigate the allegations of Clinton lying under oath. After Lewinsky struck a deal with Starr, he subpoenaed the president with new evidence of the affair. The dress. Anyway, Clinton admitted publicly to an improper relationship with Lewinsky. On December 19th, the House of Representatives voted along partisan lines to impeach Clinton on two counts. One was obstruction of justice, and this is the same charge leveled at Nixon in Watergate, and also lying to the grand jury in the Paula Jones sexual harassment case. Clinton was acquitted by the Senate in the subsequent trial, yet suffered the indignity of being, uh, you know, the only president besides Andrew Johnson to be formally impeached. Now, Donald Trump became the third president to be impeached on January of 2019. Now, ironically, the Republican Party suffered damage politically as a a majority of the public did not see the president's denial of his affair with Lewinsky as constituting high crimes and misdemeanors necessary for impeachment. So it didn't help him out. All right, government surpluses. Clinton and Congress agreed to a balanced budget in 97, and government surpluses began to appear in late 98, the first time that this had occurred in 30 years. 30. Okay, peacekeeping missions in the 90s, Iraq. Uh, Clinton ordered the bombing of the Iraqi military targets after uh, Saddam Hussein violated the UN-imposed no-fly zones over northern and southern Iraq. He also ordered further bombing 
Upon confirmation that Saddam had planned an assassination of then-President George H.W. Bush during his late 92 visit to Kuwait. Somalia, under President Bush, UN forces were sent to uh, Mogadishu for humanitarian purposes in order to stem mass starvation, resulting from a very vicious fighting between rival clans. Now, the mission was successful in stemming the famine, but several U.S. servicemen were killed. Bush and Clinton unsuccessfully tried to arrest the most prominent of the Klan leaders, and this would frustrate the U.S. public. Many Americans began to question U.S. military involvement in peacekeeping missions. All right, Bosnia. 1992, war broke out in Bosnia between Bosnia Serbs, supported by Serbia, and Bosnia Muslims, who sought independence from Yugoslavia. Ethnic cleansing of Bosnian uh, Muslims ensured, and most of Bosnia was overrun by the Bosnian Serbs by 95. Now, atrocities numbered in the hundreds of thousands, resembling World War II's Holocaust. In 95, Clinton supported the UN peacekeeping mission in Bosnia and the Dayton Agreement calling for splitting Bosnia into Serbia and Muslim areas and making Bosnia's capital, Sarajevo, a multinational city. Kosovo. This is perhaps the most serious foreign policy crisis of Clinton's presidency. In 98, a civil war broke out between separatists in the Yugoslavian region of Kosovo and Serbia. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Yugoslav <clears throat> Yugoslavian forces were intent on preventing Kosovo's succession when it appeared that the Serbs were launching another ethnic ca uh, cleansing campaign like the one in Bosnia early in the decade. Hundreds of thousands of ethnic Albanians in Kosovo fled the region in desperation. Now, in response, Clinton would spearhead NATO's bombing of Serbia in 99, and a potential genocide was averted when Serbian forces withdrew from Kosovo and were replaced with NATO peacekeeping forces. Okay, the election of 2000. All right, nominations. The Democrats nominated Vice President Al Gore. The Republicans nominated Texas Governor George W. Bush, the son of former President George H.W. Bush. Uh, Bush advocated majority or major tax cuts across the board and was enthusiastically supported by evangelical Christians. The Green Party nominated consumer advocate Ralph Nader. Now the result, one of the closest elections in the history of the electoral vote. Bush defeated Gore 271 to 266. Gore won the popular vote by over 500,000 votes. The media projected Gore as the winner on election night only to reverse his projection early in the morning due to a razor-thin margin, margin favoring Bush in Florida. The nation waiting, waited anxiously as Florida would become the decisive state in the election. Uh, several countries in southern Florida began recounts the following day, and disputes emerged as how the ballots were being recounted. Nader's Green Party took just enough votes away from Gore in Florida to give the election to Bush. The election was the second in eight years where a third party influenced the defeat of the incumbent party. All right, Bush versus Gore in 2000. In a controversial move, the Supreme Court voted 5-4 to four to end the recount in Florida, thus giving the election to Bush based on the election night count. Democrats decried the court's decision as a partisan action by a bare majority of justices who were Republicans. The War on Terror, 9-11. I remember this one. In retaliation for increased U.S. military forces in the Middle East, beginning with the first Gulf War in 91, Al-Qaeda leader Osama bin Laden oversaw a plan to destroy U.S. targets with hijacked passenger airplanes. On September 11th of 2001, two 747 airliners smashed into the World Trade Center, or what we call the Twin Towers, in New York City, killing about 2,800 people and destroying the towers and several other buildings. That same morning, another plane flew into the Pentagon, killing 125 people. 
a fourth plane, Flight 93, most likely headed for the U.S. Capitol building, was down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, when passengers overcame the hijackers. 44 people died in the crash. A total of 2,996 people died as a result of all the attacks. The attacks led to the 2001 invasion of Afghanistan and the 2003 invasion of Iraq. The Afghanistan War, 2001 to 2013. The Bush administration's reaction to the 9-11 attacks was heavy and swift. Bush addressed Congress with a strongly worded message that promised the U.S. would bring to justice any terrorist organization who attacked the U.S. and any countries that harbored such organizations. Bush initially targeted Osama bin Laden, al-Qaeda, and the extremist Taliban government of Afghanistan that had harbored bin Laden's terrorist facility. The war in Afghanistan. Bush would receive congressional authority to invade Afghanistan and oust the Taliban government. The, the initial success of the U.S. invasion was dampened with the realization that Osama bin Laden had eluded capture and had most likely fled into neighboring Pakistan. Now, creating a stable government in Afghanistan with the ability to protect itself from the Taliban and other radical elements proved painful and elusive. The U.S. attack on Iraq in 2003 diverted resources from the war in Afghanistan, and by 2011, the war had become the longest in U.S. history, while the U.S.-backed government of Hamid Khazir seemed unable to sustain itself without U.S. support, although troop numbers declined in the 2010s. Or, yeah, sorry. Uh, thousands remain in Afghanistan as of 2020, and as we know, that they have now been pulled out. All right, the Patriot Act, 2001, and it would represent part of the government's effort to root out terrorist cells in America in the wake of 9-11. It significantly reduced restrictions on law enforcement agencies to gather intelligence on suspected terrorists. It authorized the indefinite detention of immigrants searching homes of suspe suspected uh, terrorists without their knowledge or approval, FBI powers to search telephone, email, and financial records without a court order, and it increased access to business records. Many alleged terrorists captured in Afghanistan, Iraq, and other countries were taken and held indefinitely at a prison in Guantanamo Bay, or Gitmo, inside the U.S. military base in Cuba. In some cases, torture was used to gather information, a practice supported by the Bush administration, most vocally by Vice President Dick Cheney. The Bush administration claimed these detainees were outside the jurisdiction of American law, which was you know, a view the Supreme Court later overruled. Now, critics of the Patriot Act and of the torture of alleged terrorists claimed such violations of civil liberties was a danger to ordinary citizens. Although presidential candidate Barack Obama in 2008 sharply criticized certain aspects of the Patriot Act and the indefinite detentions of terrorists at Guantanamo Bay, he continued both throughout his presidency. Uh, the Iraq War, the Second Gulf War. In 2003, the Bush administration set its sights on Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein. In his 2002 State of the Union address to Congress, Bush identified three countries as compromising an axis of evil. Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. Initially, U.S. officials claimed there was a connection between Saddam Hussein and al-Qaeda. Although no concrete evidence was ever produced, many Americans were convinced by the government that such a connection existed. More urgently, Bush claimed unequivocally that Saddam was hiding stores of weapons of mass destruction, those WNDs, even though UN weapons inspectors could find no such weapons. Okay, preemption. High-ranking Bush administration uh, officials, um, particularly Deputy Secretary of Defense Paul Wolfowitz, 
Wolfowitz, Wolfowitz, W-O-L-F-O-W-I-T-Z. Uh, he advocated attacking dangerous countries first before those countries' leaders could later threaten U.S. security. This doctrine became cru uh, crucial in justifying the toppling of Saddam's government in Iraq, and this marked a pronounced shift away from the U.S. traditional policy of containment. In March of 2003, U.S. and British troops invaded Iraq, quickly toppling the regime of Saddam Hussein. A divided Congress had voted largely along partisan lines to give Bush authority to wage war in Iraq. The invasion also received partial support from the United Nations, although few other countries supported it. In May, President Bush declared victory in Iraq while standing in front of a barrier, barrier, a banner that read, Mission Accomplished. Saddam was captured in December of 03 and executed by leaders of the new Iraqi government in 06. Iraqi insurgents continued to bedevil the U.S. and Iraqi government forces, and the war lasted until 2009. 4,200 U.S. soldiers died in the conflict. Hundreds of billions of dollars were spent on the war, adding to the country's spiraling national debt. Support for the war continued to erode after the initial successes of 2003, as WNDs were never found and American casualties mounted. The torture of Iraqi soldiers by U.S. soldiers also turned many Americans against the war. Bush's Domestic Policy Bush sought to continue conservative policies, some of which had been popularized by Reagan in the early 1980s. He advocated significant tax cuts, privatizing Social Security to reducing uh, government costs. You heard that right, privatizing Social Security. Anyway, and further deregulation of the energy industry. Uh, he ended U.S. support for international health programs that advocated abortion. He strongly supported faith-based social f welfare organizations that were funded by the federal government. Stem cell research that could potentially help reduce the effects of Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease were significantly curtailed if they depended on federal funding. Evangelical conservatives argued that stem cells constituted life and that any destruction or scientific manipulation of these cells was immoral, perhaps even tantamount to murder. Alright, so attempts at Social Security reform. Bush sought to allow Americans to take their Social Security contributions and invest them in private accounts. He argued that private accounts would earn much more than the Social Security fund, thus reducing retired Americans' reliance on the government and decreasing government costs. The Democrats blocked any attempts to tamper with the current Social Security system. Okay, the financial crisis. This is going to be in 2008. There's going to be a financial meltdown in the mortgage industry in 07, which would nearly lead to the collapse of the U.S. financial sector by September of 2008. U.S. home equity dropped from $13 trillion at its peak in 2008 to $8.8 .8 in the mid-2000s. Well, yeah, mid-2008. The total retirement assets dropped 22% at the same time. The collapse triggered the beginning of the Great Recession in the U.S. and the global financial crisis that in uh, ensued and that continued to haunt the country until 2014. The Bush administration responded with mass with a massive 700,000 700, $700 billion bailout of major finance firm. Uh, fan, uh, sorry, let me try that again. The Bush administration would respond with a massive $700 billion bailout of major finance firms that were deemed too big to fail. It would be up to the incoming Obama administration to deal head-on with the worst recession since the Great Depression of the 1930s. Okay, the election of 08. Our nominees. The Republicans nominated 71-year-old John McCain, a longtime senator from Arizona, who had appealed to some as a moderate and as a brave, brave survivor of a brutal North Vietnamese prison camp in the Vietnam War. 
Two frontrunners emerged in the Democratic primary, Senator and former First Lady Hillary Clinton and Illinois Senator Barack Obama, the son of an African father and a white mother. The fact that either a woman or an African American would emerge as a nominee of a major party was unprecedented. The campaign was fought with the worsening finance with the worsening financial crisis as a backdrop. The decline in popularity of President Bush resulted in a drag on the McCain campaign. Obama pledged to reduce troops in Iraq gradually, national health insurance, and tax increases on the wealthiest Americans. McCain supported the war in Iraq, tax cuts, and opposed national health care. Now the results. Obama defeated McCain 365-173 to in the Electoral College and became the first African-American president in the history of the country. The Democrats held majorities in both houses of Congress, opening the door for the passage of Obama's agenda. Okay, his presidency. The Great Recession, so from 07 to 09. It represented the worst U.S. economic downturn since the Great Depression of the 1930s, and the U.S. recession triggered a global recession. By late 2009, unemployment had soared to 10%, up from 47 in 2007. Not until early 2015 did unemployment rates decline to 5.5. Housing prices dropped 30% and remained at that level as of the mid-2013s. Uh, U.S. total national debt rose from 66% pre-crisis in 2008 to 103% by late 2012. By 2011, the middle class in America had dropped to 51% of the population compared to 61% in 1971. American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. This is going to be in 09. Obama persuaded Congress to pass a trillion-dollar stimulus bill to address the worst economic recession since the 1930s. Again, do you feel like I'm trying to tell you something? Anyway, supporters claim it helped bolster the economy by providing much-needed funds to states, creating jobs, and improving infrastructure, schools, and scientific research. This reflected a resurgence in Keynesian thought, or thinking, Keynesian. Some economists claim the stimulus, while resulting in slow growth, ultimately saved the country from spiraling into another depression. Opponents claim the stimulus was largely wasteful and added to the nation's burgeoning national debt. Okay, the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, of 2010. This was Obama's most important and most controversial achievement. The health care program sought to eventually cover every American while lowering medical costs. In 2009, there were 50.7 million people without health insurance, which was 16.7% of the population. By May of 2014, 20 million people were covered by the ACA, which is 13% of the population. Republicans made uh, repeal of the law... One of the centerpieces of the 2012 presidential campaign, but Obamacare received a boost when the Supreme Court upheld its constitutionality. The program was subsequently weakened significantly in the Republican-led states. The Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act of 2010 is considered by some as the most significant reform of the financial regulation since the Great Depression. The law sought to regulate the financial industry to prevent practices that had led to the financial crisis of 08, and the financial industry and Republicans strongly opposed the legislation. Okay, the bailout of the auto industry, which most of them are still paying back, by the way. You can look that up. Google it. Google it and tell me which which auto industry has almost paid theirs back. It's like a it's like a pittance left. All right. Anyway, so large government loans helped prop up General Motors and Chrysler at the time when they seemed likely to collapse. Critics of the bailout saw it as the government takeover of the auto industry and major financial firms. Now, within a year, most of the money had been that had been loaned by the government had been paid back 
but yet there's a whole lot that's still just hanging out. All right, the death of Osama bin Laden, May 2nd, 2011. That's the day of my birthday. Just thought I put that out there for y'all. After a decade of frustration with finding the leader of the 9-11 attacks, intelligent reports pointed to the Al-Qaeda leader's location in Pakistan. In a situation fraught with risk, Obama ordered the raid without informing the Pakistanis of the mission. A naval SEAL team successfully carried out the CIA-led operation. Election of 12, 2012. President Obama successfully fended off Republican challenger Mitt Romney, 332 to 206, in the Electoral College. The Democrats picked up a few seats in both houses, although the Republicans remained in control of the House. Okay, energy and environmental issues after 1980. Ozone depletion. In the 1970s, two UC Irvine chemists, Frank Sherwood Rowland and Mario Molina, hypothesized based on existing data. That the ozone layer was being depleted by chlorofluorocarbons, or CFCs. This would allow increased UV radiation from the sun to reach the earth, resulting in increased incidences of skin cancer and damage to crops. Subsequent studies, including satellite imagery by NASA, confirmed the existence of ozone depletion. In uh, 87, most of the world's major CFC producers, including the U.S., signed the United Nations Montreal Protocol to reduce the CFC emissions. The result is that CFC emissions decreased and the amount of ozone in the Earth's atmosphere is expected to return to 1980 levels by 2050 to 2070 if we don't screw it up. So is that accurate? I had to do research. Chaz is going to do research. Anyway, climate change. In the 1980s, compelling evidence of global warming emerged from the scientific community. A major cause of global warming was attributed to the burning of fossil fuels and the greenhouse effect, as we call it, has to do with carbon emissions being the biggest source of greenhouse gases. By the 1990s, the United Nations were spearheading the movement to gain international cooperation to reduce these greenhouse gases. In 97, the vast majority of the world's nations signed the Kyoto Protocol, committing to reduce the emission of greenhouse gases, and a few major countries have since dropped out. The U.S. Senate refused to ratify the treaty in the late 90s, and the U.S. has not officially committed to reducing fossil fuel emissions, although some gains have been made in automobile fuel efficiency and cleaner energy technologies, but we need to reduce our emissions. Uh, parties in the U.S. who oppose increased government uh, efforts to reduce the emission of CO2 or deny global warming entirely include oil companies, of course, those who demand free market capitalism, and many conservatives. There's that capitalism again. Trifling. Hmm? That was accurate. Mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. Oh, it's accurate? Mm -hmm. Okay. Chess says it's accurate. The ozone. Again, if we don't screw it up. All right. Uh, cap and trade legislation intended to reduce industrial pollution uh, has not passed Congress due to conservative concerns over overregulation of the economy. Uh, in 15, President Obama vetoed a measure to extend the XL pipeline from Canada to the Gulf Coast, citing concerns about increased carbon emissions and global warming. Um, you know, not to mention, like, you know, encroaching on native territory and polluting the ground table. But anyway. In 17, President Trump withdrew the U.S. from the 2016 Paris Climate Accord that sought to reduce climate change. But we're back now. Uh, alternative forms of renewable energy, including solar power, hydropower, wind power, biofuels, and geothermal energy, show promise for the future, but have not yet made a significant dent in the U.S. reduction of CO2 emissions. Yeah, we're going to go right back some more, guys.
Anyway, energy. The threat to oil supplies as a result of Iraqis... Iraqis? Iraq's invasion of Kuwait in 90 and the subsequent Gulf War led to renewed for, uh, focus on the U.S. energy supplies by George H.W. Bush and his administration. The Energy Policy Act, or EPACT, in 92. This represented the first significant piece of environmental legislation since the National Energy Act of 1978. It largely deregulated the electricity industry while calling for increased energy efficiency and increased use of clean energy. The Energy Policy Act of 2005. Now, it provided tax incentives and loan guarantees for a wide variety of energy types, including biofuels and wind and tidal power. It exempted companies involved with drilling natural gas and oil from source rock or hydrologic, hydraulic, oh my gosh, hydraulic fracturing or fracking from previous laws that protected groundwater from contamination because it's kind of important. A potential energy revolution occurred in the tens, 2010s, with the rise of hydraulic fracturing, or that fracking. The U.S. began ex exporting shale oil and natural gas for the first time in decades. The long-term impact of fracking on the U.S. economy and its desire to become self-efficient in energy remains somewhat unclear. Uh, the ANWR, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, uh, George W. Bush administration sought new oil exploration in ANWR to address the nation's need for more oil. Environmentalists and the Democratic Party have blocked any drilling of the region, citing environmental concerns to the natural habitat of the region. This issue exemplifies the ongoing debate between liberals who favor environmental protection and the dec decrease of greenhouse gas emissions and conservatives who regard the nation's economic health and self-sufficiency in energy as paramount. All right, with that, we have we have ended our last podcast together. So, your terms to know will be posted post-haste. And I will see you guys tomorrow for your practice test.